You're listening to China Africa Talk. Jambo ni Bridget akikuletea kipindi kinachohusiana na China na Africa. Vous écoutez le dialogue sino-africain avec Bridget. Everything China, everything Africa. Olá, você está ouvindo China Africa Talk com Bridget. Sayidati wa sadati, marhaban bikum. Fi al-hawar al-siniyya al-arabi ma'a Bridget. Hello, I'm Zanella Butelezi, sitting in for Bridget Mutambira. Welcome to China Africa Talk. In this episode, we are looking at some of the outcomes of the 20th National Congress of the Communist Party of China and what they mean for Africa. Xi Jinping will lead the Communist Party of China in its next phase of developing China into a modern socialist country. He was re-elected for a third five-year term as General Secretary of China's ruling CPC at the party's 20th National Congress last week. Just as China cannot develop in isolation from the world, the world needs China for its development. At the Congress, he reaffirmed China's commitment to promoting peace and development as part of the country's foreign policy over the next five years. The outcomes of the Congress drew positive reactions from Africa. We wish you all the best in China and the Communist Party of China in this agenda of developing China more. Our interdependence needs an international system of relationships like China is trying to develop with Africa. What does Xi Jinping's third term as the leader of the CPC mean for Africa? What foreign policy direction is China going to pursue over the next five years? And how will this impact Africa? To discuss further, I'm joined by Dr. David Munyaye, Director for the Center for Africa-China Studies at the University of Johannesburg in South Africa. And in China, we have Dr. He Wenping, Africa expert and senior research fellow at the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. Let's first look at the leadership of uh, the Communist Party of China after this recent 20th CPC National Congress. What does uh, Xi Jinping's re-election as General Secretary of the CPC mean for Africa, would you say? Yeah, I think the re-election uh, has positive implications uh, for the African continent. It gives clear direction on how to deal with a number uh, of issues affecting the continent. Poverty eradication being the paramount major issue, particularly on the statements that he made, I think, one of the most fascinating statements was to rephrase it, that it doesn't matter how glorious your past as a movement, as a party is, any party to stay in power, it must and should constantly reform itself. I think this speaks to a number of liberation organizations. And, and other policy interventions, on infrastructure development, development of China, uh, science and technology, modernization, uh, move, and which is clearly defined within Xi Jinping School of Thought, and the, the digitalization, um, a number of lessons uh, help the development of health infrastructure. These are 
key issues that uh, Africa is looking at China, boosting trade, and therefore I think in a nutshell it means it means change and continuity in terms of the good relationship between the two people. Mm-hmm. And for you, Dr. He Wangping, just looking at the attention that was paid to the 20th CPC National Congress last week, a lot of analysis uh, has been made in different parts of the world about the CPC's um, new leadership. What should Africa make of this new leadership as it seeks to continue building its relationship with China? What can Africa look forward to? Like my South African colleague just mentioned, uh, this uh, CPC's 20th National Congress uh, uh, has sent uh, a big message uh, to all of the world, including Africa. That is, uh, Chinese government's and the CPC's policy uh, has been, uh, you know, continuity. Uh, this is a big assurance uh, message to the whole of the world. Uh, because like our policy engaged with Africa, uh, that is like a Belt and Road initiative, uh, this construction, and also like how to build the China-Africa health, uh, this uh, shared community. And now we have been uh, since the Dakar Focus Conference, uh, the top one and uh, priority concern that is to building uh, this uh, health, uh, shared health community. Uh, we have been offering and also co-making uh, uh, those uh, uh, vaccines uh, for fighting with this COVID-19. So all of that, uh, that will continue. I think uh, that's the message. And if you ask me saying, uh, what can Africa look forward to? I think uh, they can look forward to uh, strengthen uh, China-African relations uh, rather than saying, oh, Africa no longer that important to China, uh, Africa no longer the folks uh, for China's FDI, so on and so forth. No, exactly the opposite way. Uh, China uh, will pay greater attention uh, to our relation with Africa. More and more investment will come over and uh, also the strengthen China-Africa, this uh, unity and the shared community, uh, you know, will be continued, uh, will be built on. Dr. Mengyaya, when we look at the reports that were discussed, as well as uh, Xi Jinping's reports that uh, he gave at the 20th CPC's National Congress, he did pay attention to policy or foreign policy, rather, in his report. And uh, there he reaffirmed China's commitment to upholding world peace as well as promoting common developments. What's your take on China's foreign policy coming from this National Congress? I think what we're going to see is the consolidation of what has already been established, strong bonds between the African continent and China uh, based on clear uh, issues that we raised. But what has been quite fascinating is that President Xi has brought two important concepts that are relevant to Africa, relevant to United Nations, uh, the Global South in particular, uh, namely the uh, Global Development Initiative as well as Global Security Initiative, uh, um, GDI and GSI. Uh, these concepts are going to be applicable in terms of full understanding of the whole spectrum of how to bring peace and security on the African continent. They are built on an understanding that you cannot have peace in the absence of development, or you cannot have security 
in the absence of uh, development and vice versa. And it is important. I think these concepts emanate from some of the speeches that President Xi Jinping has been making in the past. If I'm not mistaken, in 2017, he addressed the United Nations General Assembly. He also addressed the Davos, uh, where he also laid China will continue on the process of reform and working with other nations in terms of globalization, uh, using multilateral uh, institutions. So when it comes to Africa, I think we're going to see a continued effort uh, in dealing with uh, conflict on the continent. We see on the Horn of Africa with the appointment of Chinese special envoy, and therefore I think the interventions will be, on one hand, direct, dealing with peacekeeping, negotiations, but on the other, um, uh, also investment in ensuring that a long-lasting peace requires uh, development. So these are central new areas, and um, one is expecting a growth of relationship in other key areas, uh, new issues, emerging issues, uh, the blue economy, uh, we're talking of space, and, and increased African students are being trained in China in strategic areas in line with the Forum on China-Africa cooperation. Dr. Munya, you speak about very important proposals that have been made by China, the GDI as well as the GSI, the two initiatives that are looking to push forward development and peace globally. So how does Africa then engage with China in fulfilling or, or realizing all of these uh, proposals that China has uh, put forth? I think uh, the onus now is on Africans, I think through the AU and respective uh, nation states, um, to come up with uh, countervailing policies uh, and initiatives that meet the Chinese counterparts halfway. Uh, for instance, China is opening up its agricultural markets. Africa should and must really develop products that are needed by a growing middle class in China. It's a huge market. And therefore, I think we're going to see from a trade perspective, volumes are shooting up from the past to now the present, answering some of the past issues and concerns in terms of imbalance of trade between the two peoples. And therefore, I think you're going to see more uh, with the end of uh, COVID in a post-COVID uh, world, tourism, for instance. And therefore, I think Africans also are called upon to stabilize their economy, to stabilize and build really workable policies and develop regulatory framework to allow more investment from China and working on issues of infrastructure development, connectivity, digital and and e-commerce areas uh, within a new Africa Free Trade uh, Agreement. These are areas in which um, China and Africa's interests are increasingly converging uh, around these key and strategic areas. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. 
Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Dr. He Wangping, if you look right now, China's investment in Africa has grown in leaps and bounds over the past uh, couple of decades. China has been uh, Africa's biggest trading partner since 2009. Now, through BRI and Falkirk, uh, the continent has seen unprecedented infrastructure development during this period. So, how do you see? This uh, relationship going forward, as well as the opportunities that might arise. I mean, some of the opportunities、uh, Dr. Munyai has just touched on. On your side, what stands out for you? The window of the opportunity should be bigger and bigger.、Uh, it also depends on. Like how China's own domestic this economy、uh, can be continue、uh, to develop in a good shape. Uh, you know,、uh, given this uh, report uh, from Twenties、uh, Party Congress, it had made very clear、uh, from now on all the way to the year for mark for marking the 100 years anniversary for People's Republic of China's、uh, founding. So we will build、uh, this China's style, this modernization,、uh, this China's style of、uh, modernization,、uh, namely、uh, peaceful development. Also, like a common、uh, prosperity, and also like、uh, together with all the South developing country、uh, to reach this uh, uh, shared uh, future for this、uh, you know development. So, which means、uh, China is willing to continue、uh, to you know helping all those developing country. Of course, most of the developing country is in the Africa continent. So, I think.、Uh, This goal has been made in a very clear way, and we're also calling for、uh, like scientific research to make China to transition、uh, from the world,、uh, you know, factory now to all the way to the like maybe world office, and for from make made in China、uh, to design in China、uh, to you know、uh, different、uh, those those development to climb up to the、uh, higher value chain. But in the whole process, yeah, we have been also helping building Africa as the world factory and make uh, uh, those uh, you know industrial、uh, cooperation between China and Africa、uh, developed、uh, in a very sound way. So I have seen more and more those products like made in Africa now sell to China and sell to other places in the world. Yeah, with those Chinese、uh, company made their investment、uh, for those.、Uh, In those industrial parks、uh, everywhere in Africa, so those are the things、uh, we have seen clearly. That is China Africa. We are now together,、uh, moving forward step by step、uh, with this team up, like also with those transfer of China's those extra industrial productivity now to the Africa. Africa also needs that. So we will dig out more and more those complementary、uh, between China and Africa. China, even though its response to、uh, COVID nineteen has been very successful, and China has helped them a, a lot of countries on the continent, there is this concern though that、um, the COVID policy may be a hindrance to some of、uh, the firms in Africa in terms of entering the markets here in China. I'm curious to know, Dr. He Wenping, is this an accurate、uh, view of the policy and、uh, how it may impact?、Um, Enterprises that are in Africa. 
Yeah, I think you have been addressed a very crucial point. This COVID policy itself actually has guaranteed a safety environment for this 1.4 billion population. Entirely in China, we have so many population. So to guarantee the majority of the people can move free, can continue their regular and you know those daily activities. So it's not saying if suppose the things out of control, and then I think a majority of the people, majority of the business activity now cannot proceed in a very normal way. Now coming back to China as a major power in the world, it has a lot of interest in different parts of the world. And right now we know that there is uh, this geopolitical situation that is happening with regards to Ukraine and the West, as well as uh, the challenges that uh, China has with uh, countries such as the United States. So I'm curious, Dr. Munyai, how does Africa distinguish itself from others when engaging with China so that it maintains its spotlight in a way and keeps uh, China's interest going forward. I think the situation is quite different from the old Cold War of the U.S. and the then Soviet Union. In the current situation, when you look uh, deep on issues that are causing tension, you see that it's nothing else other than competition where Western countries, U.S. in particular, loses ground in competition on digital, on um, the, the question of Huawei 5G, on trade, whether it's solar or any other product, now vehicles and the like, where they're really losing a huge market share as new products from China are entering the market and they're very competitive in terms of pricing. These are the issues that Africans are looking at. Africans are pro-globalization, and they are also encouraging the United States to come and compete on, on fair ground on the African continent. The African Union, through Agenda 26.3, it also developed what we call the AU Strategic Partnership, Development of Partnership, in which the uh, United States, European Union, and a number of other powers, and China, are all welcome to establish good uh, relationship with the continent. Uh, the main aim is to ensure that Africa takes the priority, uh, leads in terms of uh, the agenda, and uh, avoid the behavior of the past. It's a colonial in which uh, certain powers dictate to Africa what they should and should not do, um, dictate to them who should be their friend or enemy. Um, so I think w- w- that kind of a policy, uh, the U.S. policy on Africa, is being rejected based on those facts, that Africa welcomes the United States, but it does not want the United States that dictate to it as to who should be its friend and it should, uh, the demand that it's Africa should reject China. Uh, There's supposed to be an open, uh, a free marketplace. And the continent with a growing population of 1.2 billion people, a young population, Africa is quite aware and conscious that it is the future. Uh, and all uh, players uh, from all over the world are welcome on Africa. Africa is open for business. And the Cold War mentality is what is being rejected by Africa. So it will be really difficult for the United States. 
to win in its approach. Dr. He Wenpeng, what's your take on the way the U.S. is engaging currently with Africa? I don't think, uh, you know, there will be uh, this kind of uh, worrisome uh, from China, uh, you know, to U.S., uh, those uh, like economic cooperation with Africa. Actually, China has never said that uh, our cooperation with Africa is a close, uh, like a closed door cooperation, is a kind of uh, exclusive uh, cooperation. Never. Uh, we open to all the cooperation with all the countries in the world, uh, together with Africa. But we have been saying this kind of a trilateral or multilateral cooperation should be uh, initiated by Africa and dominated by Africa, and uh, eventually we are beneficial for Africa. That's the concern. But we are against those kind of uh, uh, like uh, initiative made by the U.S. or by made that G7 saying, oh, the, 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 uh, you know, China maybe not qualified uh, for this cooperation, and maybe saying only should adopt to this. Uh, a U.S. or their value or called like their doctrines, uh, like a uh, democracy, uh, like whatever those things they put forward uh, because they regarded China in the socialist country in another category. Uh, they want to make their own circling, saying all those uh, democracy countries, we are together. So this is an ideology-based, uh, this kind of, uh, uh, you know, cooperation, uh, this kind of uh, so-called cooperation actually is trying to kick China out uh, from Africa. So this kind of a cooperation, so-called uh, cooperation, uh, like we are not that welcome. And then the way also not welcome, those ideas in new Cold War, uh, we are against uh, all kinds of war, no matter it's an old Cold War or new Cold War. Uh, that's not good for the peace and the security uh, in Africa or in the whole of the world. Uh, those uh, Cold War mentality also is quite dangerous. Uh, they want to uh, always set set up this uh, ideology benches, uh, saying separate uh, different country. Uh, those are the all the Cold War mentality. Uh, actually, China has been always calling for uh, different civilization, different uh, uh, you know system. No matter your socialist one, capitalist one. As long as it fits with that country's national condition, as long as that country's people themselves choose that system, uh, they work very well, they fit up with uh, uh, you know, the, the, their own uh, situation very well, that's okay. Uh, this is uh, not other countries' business uh, to step in, to interfere with the other countries' their own choice. This whole of the world is uh, diversity. Uh, we have to respect those diversity. So any cooperation, if you're based on uh, this kind of a point of view, that is respect those diversity and uh, harmonious, uh, we coexistent and do this very healthy uh, economic competition. That's very good because uh, in all our human beings' history, uh, no matter your scientific development or cultural development, all over, all those kind of a good development is based on this very healthy uh, competition. Uh, without competition, maybe your hegemonism and then uh, no market economy development. So healthy competition is very welcome. But uh, if there's a bias uh, competition, uh, some kind of precondition settled there, and then saying, ah, oh, we got some competition, but actually it's not a free and open competition. So that kind of uh, uh, things, uh, of course, is not uh, healthy. It's also not good uh, for Africa. 
this host African country, also I don't think they welcome this kind of competition because this kind of competition can easily lead to confrontation. Well, that's all the time we have for our discussion today. Let me thank uh, my guest, Dr. David Munyaya, Director for the Center for Africa-China Studies at the University of Johannesburg in South Africa. And in China, Dr. He Wenping, Africa Experts and Senior Research Fellow at the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. Thank you very much to the both of you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. See you next time.